Hey, 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 guys, this is Zane here, back at it with another episode of watching Monster House every single day of the month with my friends because I want them to. Although, as Casper mentioned a couple episodes ago, it's not particularly watching with my friends every day, but I myself am watching it every day, so it counts. And today, I have my guest, Anthony, if you want to do a little bit of an intro for yourself. So, hey, everyone. My name's Anthony. Uh, I... I'm just kind of your average guy, and I really, I'm really like, uh, I really like music. I, I do, a lot of my hobbies involve playing music, uh, analyzing music, and just performing and studying what makes music sound cool. Perfect. And so, uh, specifically with this episode, you focused on the music for the movie, right? Yeah, I uh, I took a look at the soundtrack, which was surprisingly hard to find on the internet. Yeah, I don't I, know why. I there was a Spotify uh, entire soundtrack at one point, but I I suppose not anymore. It's still up, but everything is removed. It's crazy. Yeah, I so I don't know what the issue with that is. Maybe I don't think there's localization or regional issues with Spotify, but whatever. It's kind of weird. Yeah. So, you, how did you go about uh, taking your notes for the music then? So, I found... So, there's there was listings of all the soundtrack names. So, I, I took all the major soundtracks, and then I rewatched the movie, and then I listened, to the, I listened to the music, and I made notes about how they fit into the scene. And kind of interesting results. Okay, wow. You, yeah, you went a lot more in-depth than I expected you to, so... I, uh, I definitely really appreciate that, that's for sure. Oh, that's um, just me going through and just getting obsessive over I mean, all the little things. It works, and I like it. Did you... Do you think there's, like, a big difference from listening to the music while there's a scene playing, or just listening to, like, just the soundtrack on its own, if you... Sorry, if you understand what I'm trying to get at. No, I understand. I completely okay. understand, and there definitely is because I was I was gonna say like especially when you're scoring for movies and stuff, like there's things happening on on the screen. So a lot of the times in lots of soundtrack pieces, you'll want to have like little musical ideas that happen alongside what you're seeing. So it, like reinforces like if there's like a surprising moment or they discover something, you have like you could have like a little lift or something. And that happens a lot in the movie while I was watching it. Like when the police like uncover all the cold medicine in the dummy, there's like a little like dopey lift that happens. Okay. Wow. Yeah you you did go in uh so the lift that you mentioned is like uh what's it called again a, a dopey lift is that like a specific or, thing or is it just like no a... i did the, just just kind of describing the like kind of dopey police officers and like the kind of silliness of it all gotcha okay i might have a a lot of questions in regards to that stuff because i mean i've taken band oh, classes yeah. and stuff but as far <laughs> as actually analyzing music i know practically nothing about it so you're well, the expert even, here even still like there's a lot of stuff you can do with analyzing music theory and like terms of like knowing what the chords and how this, each of the sounds work but then there's just like the broad ideas which i kind of focus on because i can't memorize chord names <laughs> and i definitely wouldn't know any chord names so we're, we're good for that um so right off the bat were there 
any specific songs that you really enjoyed compared to other ones? Like a few that really stood out to you? Yeah, so there was a there was a couple. Um, most of the songs are just named by what's happening on the on the screen. But there was there was a couple of them that I really liked how they played, either how they played or how they played with the scene. Uh, my most notable one from my favorite scene in the movie is at the at the very end of the movie when uh, Nebcracker is dancing with the 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 fading image of his wife it's a very it's a very pretty waltz that uh that i think really kind of it plays with like kind of the motif of like whenever they talk about the house or whenever they talk about the wife there's this like little melody structure it's kind of just like a classic just kind of like sad waltz thing but i think it's really touching seeing seeing it right after like the big explosion and the big like bombastic music that was happening and then it comes back to like this really sad and tragic uh uh rom like fleeting romance between uh the husband and wife as she disappears and as the as that melody structure and the waltz kind of disappears with her yeah, I, and I think that's, as far as if you're looking on YouTube and stuff, that's definitely one of the more notable uh, songs in the entire soundtrack, I think. It's that one and maybe one or two other ones, but that yeah, one definitely is memorable, that's for sure. Yeah, especially because it's like a motif, so like it's you, this like melody structure is used a lot throughout the movie. It's kind of like a theme. Of, okay. Like a character or an idea or something. So it's used a lot when they're like looking into like the history of the house and like when he's talking about his wife. Uh, and I just I I kind of just like the the soft melody and especially it's not necessarily like spooky like a lot of the like a lot of the other or suspenseful like a lot of the other songs, but it is. You, I think you really feel like the tragedy, and I think it really works well with the scene. Yeah, I can definitely uh, agree with that. Another song I think would is kind of fun, just in the way that they use it in the soundtrack, is the, the very first song you probably hear after the titles, the one where the little girl... Oh, yeah. Yeah, Eliza's theme, I think it might be yeah, called. It's, it's called Eliza's song. Okay. So it's super whimsical. It's using all like the flutes and the strings and and like in and of itself is kind of fun because when she trips like in the when she gets stuck on the yard, uh <laughs> the music kind of pitters out too kind of funnily, but they use it to like some interesting effect as a uh <clears throat> as uh for example when bones is like going up to the house and he's being you know just bones and he sees yeah. the <laughs> and he sees the kite when when he walks up to it it starts playing us like a distorted like uh like in the background a bit of a distorted version of eliza's song kind of like showing like the childhood whimsy oh and i know i didn't know that's that, really cool I, um, and then they bring it back at the very end when she gets her tricycle, and I think it, I think it's kind of used in like some interesting ways 
since it is like a like there's a lot of like childhood and like kid stuff in the thing and they want to keep it a little whimsical so they can play with it a lot and mm -hmm. they can still make a creepy one especially like like i said with bones getting eaten like as he goes up to the as he goes up to the house with his kite yeah and out of i think anything that i've analyzed and looked into the most the soundtrack is like my least well-known thing but it's such an important part of the movie especially when it comes to like basically any horror movie or even animation in general the music is always super super important like you don't have a disney pixar movie without the soundtrack it's always like right there up front oh of course because uh, like part of your viewing experience is of course what you're viewing and what you're hearing but also like how music like works in movies is it really like it's really important for either like setting a theme or implicitly like making ideas or associations between characters and like how you're supposed to feel because music can just like has those visceral responses in people oh yeah it really so, pulls the heartstrings sometimes there's a there's a whole world of of movie soundtrack analysts like analyzing in movie through their soundtracks and everything in movies it's crazy yeah and like most of the time uh only like very specific soundtracks i can remember like the original pieces for which is pretty few and far between but it's i think it's it's done especially well for this and it like in certain spot, eh, spots in the movie like when the cops are getting attacked or the chase at the end like the music's like blaring but it's really really good at setting the exactly how the mood is supposed to be oh yeah it's very important of course you're gonna have like standout songs and like other in other movies and stuff that are either like the main theme or something like that but really you need to give a lot of credit to like all like the background stuff because it's making you think of like feel a certain way in a scene without you really even knowing it like it'll be like a scary scene because not even because or like suspenseful like if someone's like walking up like if someone's like walking up to something spooky like it's not suspenseful just because they're walking up but because like you're feeling suspense from the from the soundtrack and it's just adding to it i think soundtracks and movies are so important yeah and i feel like they're criminally underrated a lot of the time too yes because watching a movie on mute does not get anywhere close to when you actually have the sound on i 100 percent agree <laughs> yeah so, uh, did was there any um, interesting use of instruments within the soundtrack? Because I know a lot of horror movies tend to focus towards strings, so you can like get some eerie noises and whatnot. But I I noticed a lot of the like horn section used this time around. Yeah, so they're they're actually I made a lot of notes on specific instruments that were used, especially. Like, for example, in a lot of the whimsical music, they actually use a lot of bassoon. Oh, which okay. Is, which, personally, I love because I play bassoon, but mm. <laughs> uh, it makes a very interesting use because it has such a, a distinct sound. But they also, while they do use a lot of strings in the, in the soundtrack, there's also a lot of piano and music box kind of sound which i feel which is mostly used whenever they're uh talking about the wife or the house and and in certain melodies um 
they use some fun spooky xylophones yeah. at some point there's a theremin at one point which is like a classic like spooky sounding instrument but it's yeah. kind of cheesy so a lot of people don't use it they like using it for more sci-fi like cheesy sci-fi yeah because that's the one that's like the ooh kind of thing yeah, right the one that yeah makes the oohs with your hands yeah because yeah you put your hand in between the thing i'm not entirely sure how it works but i do know uh, that one yeah it's it's wild uh but honestly they there is a lot of like horns used especially what i found most interesting this might go into like a bit of another topic but as much as it's like a spooky horror movie it's like a monster it's some it's like a big monster movie as well yeah. so it borrows a lot of like a lot of tropes and a lot of like sound from like big triumphant monster movies i have like a whole part like during during like the final battle where uh chowder's in the in the construction equipment and he's like demolishing the thing uh it uses a lot of horns and it almost sounds like a superhero like a superhero movie oh yeah because like kind of yeah, that's the one part in the movie where Chowder's actually doing something good for once. Yes. <laughs> uh, yes. So they they do make use of a lot of different instruments, depending on the theme. When it wants to be spooky, it sticks to more piano and some strings. Uh, when it wants to be more whimsical, it has flutes and it has bassoon. It has a lot more woodwinds. And when it wants to be more exciting or like sus well, not suspenseful, but more uh intense they bring in a lot of uh brass like a lot of tuba and some trumpet french horn all that fun stuff and yeah i would assume a lot of the those instruments and stuff would be pretty commonplace for those like specific scenarios like there wasn't some weird use of trumpet during like a really whimsical thing that's kind of out of place it all seemed to work out pretty okay yeah, you can tell that they they know like what the the composers and the people that played they know like what the sounds they knew like the sound that they were trying to achieve for each for each scene, so they used the appropriate instruments. Mm -hmm. And then oh, does so does this uh, specific producer style? I'm not sure if you listen to any of their other stuff. I'm not super familiar with it. But for this movie, uh, does it re remind you of potentially any other composers that might have a similar uh, sort of style? I guess it's sort of hard to say, especially because this um, in this movie there's a bunch of different types of music that's going on. But I'm not sure if composers yeah. stick to a certain type or not. Uh, it really depends, because I know this composer um, has done a couple other soundtracks for other horror movies i know krampus and for trick-or-treat mm -hmm. and i haven't listened to those soundtracks but it seems like he's pretty comfortable in the kind of horror-esque like like kind of sound but of course and when you think about kind of like spooky ooky like like composers a lot of the time you'll think immediately of like danny elfman or other or composers of other like kind of children's children's uh monster or horror movies but i don't think uh, i don't think is uh necessarily like the comparison is necessarily very strong seeing as 
uh, seeing as Danny, like people like Danny Elfman have done numerous types of types of soundtrack work and have done like I don't even know how many different movies of different styles. Yeah, he's all but, over the place. Yeah, but I know this, and I don't think a composer is necessarily bound to like a specific style. It's it's more the way our ears kind of like pick up on sound. Like, of course, the three soundtracks you, that this composer done, had done, which I really should have had his name written down, but I feel. Uh oh, man! I had it. I'll I'll, I... I'll I'll pull it up. Don't worry, I've got it somewhere. Okay. Awesome. So you keep going. Uh, I know he. As as much as he's in like, like horror sounds. Like, especially, like, in this movie, like, there's a bunch of different, like, kinds of sounds going on. Like, there's the, like, suspenseful, there's, like, the horror with, like, all the tritones and minor seconds going on. Uh, but then there's, like, the whimsy and, like, the kind of superhero-esque themes. So I don't think they're necessarily, like, stuck to, like, composers are stuck in, like, one type of sound of of course there's gonna be preferences between people that are arranging and people that are composing things but there's a lot you can do with like just base like once you know how to like write a melody and how to back a soundtrack and how to instrument your thing there's a lot of different like sounds and ideas you can get out of it even yeah. though he, he's he's done only horror soundtracks but i i don't think that he's like just like a one-trick pony in that yeah. sense. Uh, his name is Douglas Pipes. I yes. had it written earlier. I I had it off. I knew it, but it's for whatever reason it escaped me in this moment. But I think he he does uh, nail the uh, the horror type music genre as it is because I feel like it's its own genre on its own. But he does oh, a really yeah. good job with it. Like the entire soundtrack, there there wasn't any songs that felt weirdly out of place. Yes. And a lot of it's the the stuff sounded like familiar, but it's never anything that I've really heard before. But I did get sort of Danny Elfman vibes, especially from like the first beginning bits of the movie, which isn't a bad thing. No. Especially because uh, they played the for whatever reason used uh, the Beetlejuice theme in one of the trailers on YouTube. Yeah, that's uh, that's beyond me. I don't know. If I... <laughs> yeah. It's I don't know. Uh, let's see. So, um, we can take a quick little break from discussing the music, and I've got a couple questions to ask you about the movie, if that's alright with you. Yeah, let's do it. So, uh, I gotta ask who your favorite character or characters are, and why. Gotta try and keep a tally of who everyone's said so far. Honestly... Probably my favorite character is is Nevercracker just because I really I really like I really love the the kind of tragedy element between him and his wife of course he's like the crotchety old like man and he's supposed to be the villain but I think really he really comes into being at the end you really see like the tragedy and how much he act, he really loves his wife despite you know her being a house mm-hmm. yeah and Liam mentioned that uh, Nevercracker is a really great character because he's thrown as thrown in as a red herring really early in the as the movie goes, because you'd think that he was gonna be the main bad guy, like as it is, and then he they kick him out like immediately, but then they bring him back later on. 
Yeah, the scene's like almost completely changed. You, you finally see once you have like the information, you finally get it yeah. along with like DJ and everyone. Yeah, so they don't just play him off as like the crotchety old man across the street, like you might suspect him to be. So the, I, they did a really good job with that. And because you said Nevercracker, he's finally in the lead for everyone's favorite character so far. Oh, awesome! <laughs> he uh, finally bones is not the majority. <laughs> <laughs> for people like bones apparently why do people like bones yeah we've got i think two for bones three for nebercracker and one for uh dj's dad and 18 for chowder no one has really said chowder no like pretty much any of the main characters no one's really said which is surprising because they, they I... are interesting yeah I'd, I'd say my second favorite character is definitely dj though okay and then, uh, so, we watched this last night. Was that the first time you've seen the movie, or had you seen it, like, years ago as a kid? Oh, I've seen it many times years ago, but I haven't okay. seen it in, like, in, like, a good, like, year or something. Okay. Um, so, fr going back to potentially the first time you watched it, do you, did you have any specific memories of the movie? Anything that stuck out? I definitely remember it being longer but <laughs> that's probably just my my kid brain going but i i definitely do like the thing that always stuck out about the movie was like the whole like idea of the wife becoming the house like her like soul becoming like infused with the house and her being stuck down there that was always the thing that i i remember about the movie because i think it was just so tragic almost mm -hmm. yeah i mean it you don't really expect there to be you know a cement encased body down in the basement so i'm pretty sure that definitely catches a lot of people by surprise yeah and you expect it to just be like a whole like monstrous like thing or like some like evil spirit or whatever but i feel once you get the backstory and seeing seeing him like say save uh constance from the circus and everything mm -hmm. uh I think it's really like something like different that you can latch onto. I also remember the the vacuum cleaner, the, the vacuum cleaner dummy. Yeah. No one said that. That's their favorite character so far, and I'm sad. He's my favorite yeah. character. I love we, vacuum we, cleaner we, dummy. We need justice for vacuum cleaner dummy. Yep. He's listed as an ally for pretty much every single character in the movie on the wiki, so he's pretty important. I'm a little surprised that there's a whole monster house wiki. It's it's not great. There's not a whole lot of info, but like there's enough. And then it's also go going back to Constance and stuff. For her being pretty much the main antagonist of the movie, it's nice that she herself has like redeeming like backstory quality and stuff to her, where she's not just inherently evil all the way through just because she can be. It's like understandable. Yes. Which I agree. It, they did a really good job of explaining that, and it is like pretty tragic. You can be like, I can totally understand why she's so mad all the time and stuff, and it sucks that it has to be that way. Well, yeah, especially if you put it into context you're, for being, like, in the 1940s and being in the circus and being a woman. Yeah. Like, like, that's so, like, the amount of resentment, like, you'd imagine. And then, uh, oh, so do you, um, compared to potentially watching it as a kid, do you think it holds up? Or was it, do you think it got a little bit better, like, having watched it recently? I think it would be a little bit better, because I think when I was a kid, I was always, like, into, like, ooh, the big monster, 
big monster stuff, and I didn't really care about the anime. Like, I thought the animation was fine because I was a kid. Mm -hmm. I don't think the animation holds up as strongly as I remember, but I think the more subtler story elements kind of brings it back up back up to like a like a, either around like the same level or like a bit higher than i remember because okay. i think i appreciate like i understand that it was like a 2006 movie fully cgi not that not like a huge huge budget compared to like other like massive animation movies right yeah so i think i think i like i understand and like just kind of give it give it the benefit of the doubt on that and i do appreciate like the the more subtler stuff for kind of what the story for what the story is is so i'm glad they kind of put some like nice themes and like interesting themes i can i can watch back and like huh that really is sad or that yeah. really is interesting yeah they they do a really good job of like um sort of going through the whole tragedy and trauma type things which is surprising to get from like a kids movie but I think they do a really nice job with that. And if... So yeah, the movie being roughly like an hour and a half, was there anything in particular you wish they expanded upon a little bit more? Or was there... Do you think there was any scenes that they could have just done without entirely? Um, I think they could have... I, I mean, this is probably just coming from me when I, be, when I used to play the old uh, GameCube video game. But I wish they spent more time like exploring the house because really you only see its mouth and like the basement and mm -hmm. then they're out of there and yeah that I is true like, there was a lot of like missed potential like going up the stairs or like seeing like 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 the idea with like the the windows like being the spotlights and and all that stuff i think that was like really cool yeah but they're, they're really only in like the main room and then they fall into the basement and that's yeah. it they definitely, in the concept art, they did have a lot more concept for other stuff, like, on the uh, other floors and stuff. But I would imagine, uh, due to, like, their budget and thinking about what's really the most important to keep in, like, a time frame, they cut some of the stuff. But I know there's, like, uh, some, like, stuff that related and they put into the GameCube version afterwards. But I can definitely agree. It, I was wishing that they showed around the house, like, a little bit more at the very least. Yeah, I don't know if it would have added anything, but I think it would have fleshed out, like, the fact that it is, a, like, a monster house. Yeah. Right? Man, that uh, makes me wish I... or makes me want to play the video games again. Because I would imagine they hold up pretty okay. Yeah, I remember them. I remember them being pretty fun when I used to rent them from Blockbuster. <laughs> yeah, oh, those were the days. <laughs> um, let's see. So we're roughly at like the 27 minute mark here, surprisingly already. Wow. Uh, so we'll probably get to the last couple things. Was there anything, If I mean, if we aren't able to cover anything, we can, might be able to save it for another episode potentially, but was there any other big noteworthy things that you had written down? Um, honestly, not a lot. Like I took, like I, I noted like, some like they they tend to like stick around like the same kind of uh intervals and like themes and that kind of makes the movie like cohesive but there's some like interesting things where like like even with a lot of the actiony like scenes they the music starts kind of slow and like not like just like ramming into it they usually start with like 
like some str like some suspended strings or something like that. Uh, so I was kind of interested. You'd think like once they get into like the house chasing, or like when they're fighting like the house, or like there's something like exciting or like big happening on on uh, on screen that they just like throw like go right into it. But it, it, you kind it's kind of reserved in that sense. Yeah. Yeah, I'm expecting that. Yeah, because when I'm thinking like action-wise, it's crazy, super fast, just all the way through, and they just start like blaring stuff at you. And yes, it, it gets to that point. But like when I was when I was noting when like music starting, like this is kind of interesting because it's like it's not blaring right away, and then it gets into the blaring. Yeah, and then um, I believe when the house dies for the first time it like gets to a quiet and then builds its way back up all over again yes i believe i'm just going i'm going off of memory for that i'm i think yes i'm mean, you're 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 right because it, it'll drop down and then uh and then it, it picks back up yeah man now i need to i think i sh i should also go through individually each of the songs and listen to them because they like, only a couple songs distinctly stand out to me, but I think that means the other songs blended so well with what was going on that it's not that they're inherently, like, not memorable, but it just works really well. Yeah, and of course, like, in soundtrack music, it's not always supposed to be, like, you're supposed to remember every single song. It's supposed to be setting a mood. Yeah. So in that sense, like, it's a victory. Yeah, you don't have to... Not every single like piece of like a 25 song uh, album has to be the number one song of the album yeah and then other than other than that like i think it was just pretty commendable like how well the music works with like what's happening on screen like in terms of like like what the characters are doing because the music lines up a lot so i'd wonder if they like wrote the music first or and then like made the animation to it or if they were like working in like tandem yeah that's i i can't remember which came first i think that they might have done the concept art first and then put music to the concept art and then done the animations afterwards that so then they sense. could ha they could have the storyboard artists work like really one-to-one -one with the the person working on the music so they could and i think you can tell that that might have been the way they do it because it does work really well with everything going on. Yeah, it's almost like sound effects rather than a soundtrack. Yeah. And even the sound effects were done in a really, really good way, but that's a entirely different topic. Oh, yeah. So we are pretty much at the end here, and I think it's important that you uh, give this movie a final rating. What it can be on any scale that you want to rate it out of. I think I'm just gonna stick to the the uh, tried and true ten point scale. All right. I give it probably like a seven out of ten. Seven out of ten? Not bad. Yeah, I mean, it's not quite as good as Imagine Party Babies, but it counts. But is anything ever as good as Imagine Party Babies? That's true. Very few things are. Yes. So I guess that's yeah. We're we are at the end of things here. So. Thank you so much for uh, coming on and taking all those notes about all the songs. I really wouldn't have expected anyone to actually do it. 
So I'm really glad that you did because it was really fun to, like, this is something that I'm super, I know a lot about music, but I don't know a lot about music theory. And that's a big difference. Yeah, I mean, I, when, I'm, when in Rome, I, I suppose, you just kind of notice these things after listening enough to it. Yeah, that's true. So, is there any uh, final remarks you want to leave us off with? Uh... Nope. <laughs> I all can't right. think of anything. That's all good. Don't worry about it. So, I guess, thank you guys so much for listening to today's episode, and I'll see you guys tomorrow. <laughs>